0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get your podcasts.
0: Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body.
2: This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante.
3: Welcome to a pre-Christmas Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. After weeks of waiting, the New York Mets have finally jumped into the DJ LeMayhew Frey. Awesome. Uh, The Yankees get a all-star shortstop in a proposed mlb.com trade that we love and we could not possibly say no to and the cubs are dangling an ace not the one we've talked about but one we could definitely use folks make sure to find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever you do get your podcast drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question and we will be more than happy to answer it and consider our answer of your mailbag question a christmas present for you our presence is your present Kiss my A. Thomas, the Mets are finally doing the thing that we all knew they would do, uh and it couldn't come at a more annoying time. Per
1: usual, Mets typically being annoying, uh but once again not really worried. We kind of talked about how uh Steve Cohen is obviously not going to buy the entire league and just start handing out blank checks to all these high-profile free agents. I think another telling sign of that, obviously we talked about Bauer either last episode or a couple episodes ago, um now they're apparently in the hunt for Japanese ace uh, Tomoyuki Sugano, which he is not expected to be expensive at all. There's going to be a posting fee, which I don't think we know the, the details of. I can't imagine that being higher than like between 10 and 12 million tops. And yeah. then ESPN's projecting he's going to land a two year, $24 million deal in the States. Perhaps that could be up to three years 36 if a team wants a longer commitment than that clear that the Mets are still bargain shopping they went bargain shopping with James McCann and passed up on the best catcher in baseball and JT Real Muto now they're kind of seemingly distancing themselves from the Bauer chatter and now they're moving on to a guy like Sugano and now they're in the TJ uh, sweepstakes apparently they contacted him uh, last night based on these reports that we've been seeing And I couldn't be less worried because like we kind of discussed, it's going to come down to the fifth year. And if Steve Cohen is not spending money on guys who clearly have a longer shelf life, I guess you could say in Bauer and Real Muto, who also bring a unique skill set to the table and would help the Mets in a multitude of other ways, then you could argue DJ LeMahieu would because the Mets could use that fortification in the rotation behind DeGrom with Bauer and they could use the edge at the catcher position with JT Romuto and really change the complexion of their lineup. I don't see why they would spend five years and a ton of money on LeMahieu when they already have the pieces in the middle infield um, and in the corner, uh, in the corner infield spots. So couldn't be less worried about this. And if they splurge on him, and like I said, we were talking about the Jays, If LeMahieu's actual contract demands are five for 125 and that's what another team is going to do, then so be it. Then that'll hamstring, that'll financially hamstring the Mets in some other way, especially because Steve Cohen's spending habits have not really impressed anybody to this point. He's the richest owner in baseball and they're bargain shopping early on. I know that they want the market to kind of develop, but if you're bragging about all this money and all this spending power and you're, you know, picking stuff off, not exactly the, you know, the dollar store shelf, but you're not, you're not going, you're not going for the top shelf liquor here. So I, I don't, I, I couldn't, I'm not really worried about this.
3: The most annoying thing possible though would be if the Mets do decide to extend themselves on LeMahieu for whatever reason, once again, like there, there's many reasons why putting LeMahieu at second base for the next five years would be a strange decision for them. It keeps Jeff McNeil in the outfield, Uh, Robinson Cano at some point comes back and they're going to have to eat that money or trade him somewhere. And like, that's the least appealing contract you could possibly trade. There's a lot of disaster stuff that they would have to deal with down the road. But most importantly, it would keep McNeil in left field and probably would take them out of the George Springer Springer mix, which is something that they've been considered the favorite for. If that happens, it could send Springer to Toronto, which is the only other team in the Springer mix. And that would be the most annoying possible outcome. If the Mets, for some reason whether it's for need or for spite, just decide to completely flip the switch and go, now that the Yankees are opening the window on DJ LeMahieu, I'm going to put my whole foot in, not let it close, give him five years, 120 or whatever, or whatever he wants. And then they won't have the George Springer money. They'll have changed their pursuit on the fly. And suddenly the Blue Jays will go.
2: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app, an easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit. When you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash deposit, $100 get $100 free. That's promo code radio terms and conditions apply.
3: We got to, so why, why were we even thinking about DJ LeMay Hugh Lindor and Springer? It's that easy. And then suddenly they both get much better. We get worse. That's the nightmare scenario, but I feel like it's, it's it, It's not that I'm not worried about the Mets. It's not that I'm discounting them entirely. It's just that if you are DJ LeMahieu's camp and you didn't talk to the Mets during this period, then that's agent malpractice. Like, mm-hmm. the the Mets are widely regarded per every insider as the highest spending team this offseason and the one you want to put in your rumors if you're an agent. To say that, you know, well, the, the only team that's considering spending money is interested in my client. So what do you think about that? And as long as the, you know, the minute Robinson Cano got suspended, whether the Mets were an actual threat or just a facade threat, all of us were like, they they have to get involved in the sweepstakes somehow, whether it's by leaping into the rumor pool into the deep end or just by being part of a leak. Like, there's no way, like, if and honestly, if you want to force the Yankees' hand, there's no better way to do it than by saying, oh, well, we actually do have two teams interested. It's your division rival, and it's the New York Mets, so what do you want to do about that? Um, People have been sort of chattering in the aftermath of this. Uh, This did seem like a coordinated, like, it was just a little hint by John Heyman. It was like, oh, and by the way, the Mets have recently talked to DJ LeMayhew, so perhaps this sets up a cross-borough rivalry. It's almost... Like they forgot that 24 hours ago, they were all saying the Blue Jays were the clearest and most present threat to the Yankees resigning LeMahieu. Like they all just moved on to a shiny new apple. The second that they heard that the Mets had even contacted his camp, of course they contacted his camp. Um, So I'm not any more nervous today than I was yesterday. This is only confirming something that we should have known all along was going to happen, Um, and it's still in the early stages of, of whatever this is. But the trends this week were not particularly Yankee-centric. Even the most optimistic Yankee fan who who thinks they're going to re-sign Lemayhu, which I am. I I still do think they're going to re-sign DJ Lemayhu. But this week, it was all, you know, this week the pendulum swung to insiders discussing all of the other possible fits. This feels like the week before Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees when it was sort of beginning to seem like uh, if – you know, the Yankees were still the favorites, but if someone told you Cole signed with the Angels, or if you saw a Jeff Passon tweet saying Cole to the Angels for 9 220, you wouldn't have been blown away. And that's where I am now. I anticipate the Yankees will sign him, but I'm seeing the Mets now, of course, and I've seen the Blue Jays enough, and I've heard Bo Bichette talk about him that if you were to show me a breaking news tweet that said he signed with either of those teams, I would be annoyed, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't fall out of my chair. I would go, yeah, okay. This this week sort of felt like it was trending in that direction. Um, but then, of course, the Cole thing uh, was staunched immediately by a tweet that said he was signing with the Yankees, and that the, you know those were red herrings the whole time. And the Yankees outbid the Angels by like forty million dollars. So the Yankees aren't going to have to do that this time. They're probably only going to have to match and not outbid. Uh, but it wouldn't absolutely stun me. Like it seems like it would probably stun you if you did see a tweet saying he went elsewhere.
1: To so the Red Sox, that'd be the, I'd, I'd fall out of my chair. If that that would, that would shock me. Yeah. That'd be very disappointing. Um, but I, all I got to say is that I'm not worried because it's going to, it's going to end up coming back to the Yankees. They're going to have to make a decision on the fifth year, whether it's an option or it's guaranteed. We still don't really know what the specifics are there. I know that the fifth year is the big talking point, but is that, A team option is that a player option? Is that a vesting option? Is it a fully guaranteed year? Will he take less money if he gets the fifth year guaranteed? We don't know. We have no idea. We have reported contract offers from we have one reported contract offer from the Yankees. It's still not even clear. It's just four in the 70 million range. So, like I said, until we get more information on what teams have offered DJ LeMayhew based on reports and whatnot. Um, and if he's weighing any other offers aside from the Yankees offer, or if he's weighing offers outside of the Yankees, and then he's coming back to the Yankees to try to get a new offer. I, I, you can't even waste any energy on this because he's not going to hastily. We all agree. He's not going to hastily sign with another team. If they just offer him a shitload of money, he's going to come back to the Yankees and we're going to, I guess, know, uh, know some of the fate or know what direction the talks are going in. After we have some sort of new information here, the only new information, the only new information here, it's not even new. It's, we know the Mets were going to get involved. Now they're technically involved by contacting him. And we knew the blue Jays were always a threat and now that's just being repeated. So I want new information, concrete information about what these teams are offering and what the talks are surrounded uh, surrounded by in terms of the financials and the years or else it doesn't really matter because the Yankees are clearly where he wants to be and it might come down. It's probably going to come down to this fifth year, but we also have no definitive information on what that fifth year
3: entails uh, in the language of the contract. So, yeah, we're, we're just waiting on the Dodgers and then the full group of (laughs) people that we've already talked about for a month and a half would officially be involved. Um, Yeah, they're going to have to give him a fifth year. Someone's going to have to give him a fifth year, whether it's an option or not. What I would like to know is whether he's amenable to an option, because in that case, the Yankees should just finish the deal now, Um, unless he's vehemently objecting to an option, in which case, I guess not going to happen. But there are DJ LeMayhew replacements to think about, unfortunately. MLB.com published this week a long list of deals that could uh, ignite the off season in the hot stove, which, you know, we love the term ignite and we love it when the hot stove is ignited, feels good to ignite stuff. They connected the Yankees, Trevor story dot, which is uh, you know, a free agent fit for next year. If you watch that team in 2021 and Glaber Torres looks like a bad shortstop ready-made solution on the market. And we know the Yankees would love to be flexible for that high dollar shortstop market. However, Uh, why wouldn't the Rockies trade story a year early? That's sort of a thing. You know, it hasn't been addressed as much as Nolan Arenado has. Arenado's locked down. It's even harder to swing a trade for him. It's much easier to swing a trade for Story, who we can all agree is not coming back to Colorado, especially after they've already made the financial commitment to Arenado. So MLB.com pitched sort of an easy deal uh, where Adam Adovino's money goes back to Colorado and offsets the salary a little bit. Uh, I guess Story's final year of arbitration salary. Ottavino's only got one year, too. And then Clark Schmidt, uh, one of the Yankees' top two pitching prospects, goes back. I feel like there is no reason not to do that trade. You got to do it.
1: But speaking of the hot stove, every time now I think of whenever we say hot stove or talk about hot stove, when I was a kid, I used to fuck around with the stove. And now one trade- time. I stuck three matches in after I lit it, and I like burned one of my eyebrows. So now, whenever somebody mentions hot stove, I just think of that moment, and it's like it amps me up because like my face almost got burnt off.
3: You get so, psyched by that? I you don't just get excited, angry.
1: just I just get thrilled because I survived the moment, and now I'm stronger than ever. So awesome. almost burned my face off. Now we're getting hot stove info. Uh, these were just pitch trades by MLB.com. Um, I think that they're pretty not great. Um, not throwing shade at these people. I just think they're a little bit generous for, um, it's very generous on either, on one of the sides. So like one of the other ones was Carlos Carrasco for Joe Adele. The Angels are not really in a position where like they can part ways with their best prospect for a pitcher who's, that they have a lot more rotation pieces to address there than just Carlos Carrasco. This situation, Adovino and Clark Schmidt, this is very advantageous for the Yankees. We're getting rid of Adovino's salary, which is a burden at this point. And we know that we have to give up one very valuable asset for a guy like Story. Um, I think a lot of fans would be disappointed to see Clark Schmidt go, but at the end of the day, are you really going to be poo pooing because you had to trade Clark Schmidt for Trevor Story? Uh, I think fans would obviously be more comfortable if there was an extension attached to this. Um, But then here we are. This trade's pretty cool, but then we're talking about DJ walking or moving Glaber back to second – or DJ walking and moving Glaber back to second or re-signing DJ and trading Glaber. So this creates uh, a a bit of an identity issue and requires a lot more facelifting than you really think um, when Story will hopefully be a free agent next offseason. The goal here is to just hope that the Yankees can diagnose their middle infield problem in 2021, by bringing back DJ, keeping labor at short. If that doesn't work, then they figure something out next off season when all these shortstops are available. I'm not opposed to this story trade, but then that means there's a lot of other moving parts here that we have to consider.
3: And can DJ just play shortstop? That would probably just. Calm. I keep thinking about that. I'm
1: like, can't this guy just play short? Like it would just it would make everything a lot easier. But I yeah. guess not.
3: And moving to the first Luke Voigt play short. I don't know. I'm, just <laughs> here. I- I'm bored. It's, you know, December 23rd is the Ken Luke Voigt play shortstop podcast. That's how it goes. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Cubs dangling you Darvish, which, uh, intrigues me. I gotta say I'm intrigued. Stick around. Welcome back to the Inks go yard podcast. Sorry. We left you on a cliffhanger. Uh, actually we didn't, we just left you with me doing a weird voice as <laughs> Only pay for what you need when you download
0: the Transit app and ride CODA. Plan, track, and pay for rides right from your smartphone. Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at CODA.com forward slash Transit app.
3: We tossed it to break. Um, You Darvish is on the market supposedly. Uh, Now we've talked about the Yankees blowing the Cubs away for Kyle Hendricks plenty over the last month of pure speculation. Um, Hendricks is sort of the perfect number two in this rotation, and a crazy change of pace between both Cole and Severino. If the Yankees could ever get their hands on Hendricks, that would be a phenomenal fit. And maybe, just maybe, the Cubs dangling you Darvish is step one in a two-step process to eventually get them to start dangling Kyle Hendricks. But that being said, you Darvish, uh, if some of you are still scarred from his, you know, 2017 World Series meltdown. Uh, That was a long time ago, and there was a lot involved there. I would say that is not uh, the type of situation that should dissuade you from acquiring you, Darvish, who has honestly been one of the best pitchers in baseball since he arrived. um, Stateside, the expectations were sky high, and he's basically met or exceeded them, and people haven't really noticed because when he got to Texas, I think we all sort of thought Texas was about to become a bigger deal and they were sort of a first-round playoff out those couple years where Toronto took the mantle and sort of punked them, especially in the Jose Batista bat flip series. Then Darvish went to the Dodgers. Darvish has kind of been on a contender his whole career, which is weird. Uh, He went to the Dodgers and flailed around in that World Series, unfortunately. Went to the Cubs during the downtrodden years of the Cubs non-dynasty, 18, 19, 20. They weren't quite the same, still a playoff team, but, you know, not quite the same. Uh, Darvish really, he had one tough year and found himself in 2020 uh, he, he's an over a strikeout per inning righty breaking ball ace with a crazy curve ball, a snap dragon. And, you know, it, 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 there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff there. Darvish has outperformed expectations, honestly, which is, which is kind of insane because he still flies under the radar. Doesn't now, he have like pom- six pitches? I mean, at, at least six yeah. he's like he's what dice k was supposed to be yeah he, like he is he is that He he's fantastic uh the padres are the only team i've seen that are sort of dipping their feet into this conversation uh aj preller's a madman and the padres do need a lot of pitching with mike clevenger out for the year that's why we all put trevor bauer there before sort of moving trevor bauer to the angels um instead but it, would you dive in for Darvish? Like, how many assets would you surrender for this guy? Um, and would the Cubs sort of take this pitching package, this Davier or Schmidt, take your pick, and then take Louis Heel and take a back top 10 prospect? Like, does that make sense here too?
1: Yeah, I think that you could do a lot of uh, – there's a lot of scenarios you could do because Darvish is not exactly going to cost a whole lot, I think, in a trade because he's owed 59 million dollars over the next 3 years and teams are very reluctant to put that type of money on their books and I don't think the Cubs are going to be willing to eat a whole lot of salary because they have all these other players to worry about like Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant depending on what they're going to do with with two or one of them one of those guys is going to cost them a ton of money over the long term. I don't know if they're going to jettison all of them but if the Cubs are not contending within the next two years, then Darvish's presence doesn't really make sense. Um, so that's why we kind of, uh, we touched on this subject on yanksgoyard.com because it's worth exploring. You never know what the, the Cubs just might want to part ways with 20 million, you know, 60 million in salary and figure out their fate. Then we see all the, the like BS moves that they're making. They signed Jonathan Holder and they picked up uh Matt Duffy yesterday, so it's like they're not doing Yankees anything. Legends. Yeah, two Yankees legends. They're not doing anything momentous. I had proposed Adavino and his salary uh, because I think the Cubs are not going to just be able to get a, assets here and part ways with the entire salary. So you give them Adovino, um, nine million, uh, Adavino and his nine million dollar salary offer in Duhar and Davy or Clark in that package.
3: Yeah, or, that's or if fair. the
1: Cubs, yeah, I think that's okay. Uh, because then, if you're getting rid of Chris Bryant, maybe you bring Anduhar back to third and try to polish his skills up there. And he's under four more years of club control, so that could end up working out for you. Um, or if they want to go younger, then I think Adavino. St- I think there still has to be some sort of a salary swap here, and Adavino is the only one that really makes sense to 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 get rid of that 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 salary figure. So then you offer them Oswald Peraza. And Yolandris Gomez or Alexander Vizcaino, you help them with their you know pitching pipeline and you give them a potential shortstop of the future in Peraza. If they're going to get rid of Javier Baez, we still don't know what they're doing. All the beat writers in Chicago were talking about how it's all up in the air and any of these guys could be subject to trade talks. So I think those are fair packages. And like we said, you get you Darvish in right behind Garrett Cole. It's not the exact change of pace that we want. Kyle Hendricks is the dream, but they're not probably not going to trade him unless they're blown away because he's making 14 million a year for like the next three or four years, which is a tremendous price. Um, and I, I agree with what you said. A lot of people are a little bit scarred from uh, Darvish's, you know, uh, ever since the world series, but that postseason, dude, he had two tremendous starts in route to the world series. He dominated the diamondbacks in the NLDS and he creamed the Cubs in the NLCS. And then he got, he got destroyed by the Astros. I know it was really bad. It was eight earned runs and two starts, and he only went three and third total innings in those two starts. His whip was a 3.30. They must have knew every fucking pitch that was coming.
3: Yeah, wonder I mean, wonder how.
1: I wonder how. But, I mean, you see – but another issue with his time in L.A., I think the elbow issue started to slowly creep up because then he – that was the problem with his first year in Chicago – he only made uh, eight starts, and then he underwent elbow surgery, and that was that, and then he came back. He started off slow in 2019, really caught on in the second half, and then he absolutely blew the short in 2020 season out of the water. I, was, I would have loved to see him make 20 more starts. 93 Ks in 76 innings, uh, 2.01 ERA, .96 whip, the best of his career. His career year came only with his second year in Texas when he had 32 starts, 2.83 ERA, 1.07 whip, league-leading 277 strikeouts in 209 and two-thirds innings. So if the elbow pr- problems are behind him, it's it's clear what this guy's capable of, and I think that that was part of the problem towards the end of his stint with the Dodgers, and then fo- and then it fell right in when he fell f- face-first with the Cubs in his first year. So I think the risk would be worth it for pretty much 20 mil a year for the next three years. It's short-term. It's not like this is going to hamstring the Yankees in, in any way. So – I think those trade packages are fair. I don't know. What do you think?
3: I think those trade packages are fair. It's it's another instance, though, of just making me sad. Like, somebody's going to have to take Miguel and Dubar at some point. Like, can we just, like, we're putting him in every trade package. This guy was like the 2018 Rookie of the Year. And 2018 was, in fact, only two years ago. And I know he wasn't actually the Rookie of the Year, but I refuse to acknowledge Shohei the Coward Otani as an actual Rookie of the Year winner, um, considering he refused to come to New York. In such a spectacular fashion. Well, he played
1: professional baseball before, so the
3: Yankees. The Yankees are my are the favorite for my services. Just kidding. They're the only team I won't play for. So, okay, great. Uh, That's that's crazy to me. Still, still crazy. Um, But, yeah, Shohei Otani, a professional baseball player against Miguel Andujar, a guy making his actual debut in professional sports. I digress. But we I think we all thought he was a part of the future. Uh, It's clear he is no longer a part of the future in the Bronx. The only thing that changed was the slightest of slight shoulder injuries and the emergence of Gio Urshela. We couldn't teach Miguel Andujar defense because Gio Urshela already knew it. Uh, can somebody just make him the centerpiece of a career-saving trade? I would like to see this guy move on elsewhere. Uh, very a clutch hit or two in 2018. Like you can't quantify clutch, uh, but I guarantee you that he he had more clutch hits than almost anyone on the roster. Someone that I thought was essential to their pursuit of a championship in 2019. He ended up playing two games. Clearly, he was not the difference maker I thought he was, but can somebody like the Cubs take him in a U Darvish trade? Um, I, I love Yu Darvish. I love the acquisition. I don't really, I do understand why the Cubs are offering him um, Cy Young finalist this year. I, I just feel like all he does is play for contenders. All he does is make contenders better. And if the last time you watched Yu Darvish was the 2017 World Series, I would recommend that you watch some of his 2020 work. Uh, it was pretty spectacular. Somehow he got, uh, bested by the Miami Marlins in game two the of, Cubs the, couldn't hit. of the Cubs wildcard series. Cubs, That's what I'm saying. Like the Cubs yeah. let, it was Sandy Alcantara, right? They just let him hang around or Sixto Sanchez. Sixto Sanchez yeah. And they just let Sixto Sanchez hang around for seven innings before Garrett Cooper homered off Darvish and, yeah, and sent it. him home for the, for the season. But that's not, I would say that one is not on him. Um, but there was a lot of spectacular Darvish work last year. Recommend you watch and then recommend you start coming up with your own trade packages. Uh, the Yankees did make a signing. The uh, Yankees made a signing yeah, on baby. Tuesday night. Uh, our boy, Lucas Lutke, former Seattle Mariner, uh, lefty specialist, member of the uh, six-man no-hitter that the Mariners threw back in 2012. Uh, the starting pitcher in that game, by the way, in case you uh, take a guess. Thomas, who who started the Mariners' six-man no-hitter? James Faxon. Uh, just to prove how long ago 2012 was, it was Kevin Millwood. <laughs> what? Yeah. Eight years. Paxton hasn't been in the league for eight years. I thought that would be like his rookie season. They, might, I think Paxson came up in 2013. Uh, so he had a showcase Kevin yesterday. Millwood. Kevin, Millwood. Kevin so Millwood started that game. Couldn't finish it. Uh, our boy Lucas Lukey came in. Uh, Lukey didn't pitch much with the, with the M's from 2012 to 2015. Uh, but he had a beastly 2019 season. Not going to lie uh, all in the minor leagues in the diamondback system. Across double A AA and triple A, nine and three, 2.38, 1.15 whip, 74 whiffs in 68 innings. Didn't pitch last year, it was with the A's taxi squad, and announced his signing with the Yankees. Saying uh, he made uh, on a date with his wife in 2007, they, I guess, went on a mug making date. I don't I don't really know what that is, but they made a coffee mug together, and he was a Yankees Cowboys fan. He's one of those guys from the Redskins meme, uh, sorry, the Washington football Washington mm-hmm. football meme um, <laughs> where, you know, Yankees, Cowboys, Lakers, and Jinko jeans. Uh, that's Lucas. Uh, and he, he announced his signing with the Yanks. And, and you know what? You could always use – the Yankees haven't had a lefty specialist since goddamn Boone Logan. Uh, so if we could get a lefty specialist who can also uh, maybe buck the three-batter minimum trend and be better than Luis Avalon, I'm on board. So not a high-impact signing and not a guy who's pitched in Major League Baseball since 2015 – But I don't hate it at all. I, in fact, like it a lot. Yeah, I don't
1: mind it. I think also when a team like the A's is signing a bullpen arm that they feel could benefit them, I think that's a great sign because the A's perpetually have really good bullpens. Uh, Bob Melvin, I read a story about uh, him talking about Lutke last year, and he said that he was on the A's taxi squad. Uh, but he said that his breaking ball, like, really made lefties uncomfortable. I don't know why he never made it up to the bigs, but it's a shame he kind of missed all of 2020 because that 2019 was a bit of a revival for him. He missed all of 2018 because he had to go under uh, he had to undergo Tommy John surgery halfway through 2017 when he was with uh, the Reds and the uh, Orioles in their minor league system. He was at AAA. He's been at AAA for quite a while, so. It's not like he's you know working his way back up from single A. He started 2019 at Double A because he was making his way back from the reconstructive elbow surgery, and then did end up pitching 33 games at Triple uh, A Reno and did well. It seems like seems like he's kind of got his stuff back because uh, you see his strikeout totals are kind of just like not really that impressive, and then he whiffed 74, like you said, 74 last uh, in 2019 across 68 innings. Not bad, 1.15 WHIP. Like I'll take that if he can end up being someone who pops out of the bullpen and can take care of some outs for us. Not going to be overly excited about it, but something to look forward to, I guess, in in case he ends up impressing in spring training or whatever.
3: Yeah, this is also extremely stupid, but I always keep an eye out for people that are actually Yankee fans who want to join the team because it feels like every goddamn year. This is one of my (laughs) – I'm making a much larger point extrapolating the Lucas Lukey signing into something – Bigger than it is, but it feels like every single year somebody's on the Red Sox who grew up in Mashpee or like in South Attleboro and hits 340 for the first time in their freaking lives. And the Red Sox thrive off of born and bred Red Sox fans transforming as human beings when they put on Red Sox jerseys. But the people who want to be Yankees are usually just people who've dreamed of making the most money. So it's like someone will say, I've thought about being like Garrett Cole's the first person we've signed in forever. Who's like, I'm a Yankee fan. I want to win. And it's like, great. That's amazing. You know what it, you know what it feels like. But most of the time when people say, I want to join the Yankees, I've always wanted to be a Yankee. It just means I would love to eventually make $20 million a year. And I think the Yankees are the best opportunity for me to do that. But when someone from Boston joins the Red Sox, they are like, "Uh, I, I remember bouncing on my granddad's knee. And Fred Lynn was playing center field. And, you know, it's just a feeling of Fenway. And then somebody like Steve Pierce from New Hampshire is the World Series MVP for absolutely no reason. Um, is Steve <laughs> Pierce from New Hampshire? I don't know. But it, it, it just, I would, lo- I want more Yankee <laughs> fans on the team. I want fewer fans of money and more fans of the whole thing. And I want to counteract the Boston fans that join the Boston Red Sox. And maybe that's a me problem. Probably is. That's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Um, that's our last episode before Christmas day, folks, uh, get psyched. That's coming up. Uh, make sure you got your presents wrapped. Uh, make sure you're not gathering with too many family members. Uh, only a couple, uh, folks, make sure to find us on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts, drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question. If you wouldn't mind, we would be happy to answer them until next time. I'm Adam Weiner. You can catch me on Twitter at Adam Weiner.
1: And I'm Thomas Caradante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. And just to quickly fact check, Adam, uh, Steve Pierce is from
3: Florida. Uh, Yeah, I've done that check a lot. And I feel like I've come to the same conclusion.
2: Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family.
3: maybe, maybe he's uh, a huge he, asshole he, he does look like a boston guy maybe he watched uh maybe he watched the red Sox and
1: oh he was drafted by the red Sox. oh he was drafted by the red Sox back in 2004 in the 10th round the what real question bastard. is
3: why do i think he's from new hampshire uh, he does That's look like one specific. of those guys Did he get drafted out of a New Hampshire high school or something?
1: Drafted by the twins from Indian River Community College in uh,
3: Florida. uh, Pierce's father, also named Steve, was born in Rehoboth, Massachusetts, south of Boston. As a result, Pierce became a Boston Red Sox fan growing up, a team he would eventually play for. Quote, I was brainwashed as a kid, had no choice.
1: (laughs) There we go. Well, the hate update brought to you by Adam and Thomas. There you have it for the Boston Red Sox. We don't like Steve Pierce. We hate the Red Sox. Until then, have a Merry Christmas, everybody. Please don't forget to head on over to yanksgoyard.com and hit us up on the official YanksGoYard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. Enjoy the holidays and
3: please stay safe. I'm Adam Weiner. He's at Tommy's Takes. Bother us both and we will see you.